gentlemen, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. Hello and welcome to the Town Alone Podcast, the podcast brought to you by The Wheel. I am your host, Adam Hess, and with me as always, my co-host, Mike John Morant Regan. Mike, how you doing today? Am I supposed to pull a gun out now? <laughs> Damn, man. I'm just really diving straight into it at John Morant's knees like that. <laughs> what saying? Doesn't he have a brutal, man? Uh, Shoulder. Labrum shoulder. tear. Yeah, that's ah, why he's out. The labrum. He tore the old labrum. Tore the old pan's labrum. He's going to come back with eyes in the middle of his hands. Mm-hmm. Forget about the baby. <laughs> Does that forget about the baby? Oh, that's Labyrinth. Oh, okay. <laughs> David Bowie. <laughs> he's He's got a huge dick in that movie. Does he? I've never, yeah. never seen it. I just know he's, about the forget about the baby. He's just wearing a really tight suit. You can see the outline of his dick the whole movie. That was definitely so a guess, creative choice. I guess he has a huge dick all the time, but you can see his huge dick in that movie. Hmm. Which... If there was a man who I would have guessed, side unseen, has a big dick, David Bowie's in my top five draft picks. Yeah, that would, that tracks. Mike, less like nah. forget about the baby, more like, is it time to forget about the Brady? Stop. <laughs> Super Bowl happened last night, and Patrick Mahomes, now the GOAT? Coming up next on first take. Uh, no, he's not. What What farm animal is he, then? No, the cow. We need to get you some improv lessons. Hey, yes, and me. My response was, I don't know. It's probably not great. I should have just pulled a. I should have just done a Michael Scott and pulled out a gun. A gun. <laughs> I did call you Mike John Morant Regan. So, yeah. what did he just whisper to you? He said he has a gun. <laughs> um, no, he's not. He's not Brady. Like, let's just. I thought that's like all the talk. KC Chiefs dynasty, but I don't think the Mahomes effect is quite as intense as the Brady effect. You remember games when people wouldn't put Brady away and they'd cut to him like sitting on the bench and he would have like the coldest death scare like stare. Like he was so fucking locked in. Mike, Patrick Mahomes sounds like Kermit the Frog. A stupid Mike, hairdo. They were down in the Super Bowl and his I, best wide receiver was Rishi Rice. He went down twenty eight three. One down twenty three. <laughs> same uh same coach too. Same coach, yeah. But it wasn't down twenty three. So I have a few ways we can break down and start talking about the Super Bowl here. I'll let you pick how we start. So we can either do a classic talent alone gimmick, of which I will name after you pick it. I can tell you the most important plays by win percentage, or we can go through the storylines coming out of the Super Bowl. So you're not telling me the talent alone gimmick until after I pick that one? Yes. That's like a mystery box? It's a mystery box. It could well, be anything, I'm... even a boat. Of course. <laughs> Rare family guy reference. I didn't expect that out of you. Um, well, of course I'm going to pick the mystery box. All right. Mike, let me read you the results of each drive in this game. <laughs> no. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to read you all but the last seven drives. Okay. The game starts out with the 49ers having the ball. Here's how it goes. Fumble, punt, 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 field goal, fumble, punt, punt, touchdown, field goal, end of half. Mm -hmm. Interception, punt, 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 field goal, punt, punt. 
at that point, we had uh, two minutes and 42 seconds left in the third quarter. By the time of that last punt I read there, which was Kansas City punting from the San Francisco or from uh, their their own 40-ish. Was this on pace to be the most boring Super Bowl in NFL history? Absolutely. It was brutal. I don't want to say it was brutal, but it was not a lot of fun <laughs> through most of it. Yet, there were times where, a lot of times where it felt like San Francisco should have been up by more. Because there was drives where they'd like, get some nice plays, move the ball, and then it would just stop all of a sudden. Yeah, um, they, they stopped in the red zone several times during this game. Yeah. And then, like, I... I sent out a tweet today where I was like, tweets off. Yeah. I said after a a day to reflect, here's my final summary of the Super Bowl, And it was the gif of Thanos saying you should have gone for the head. (laughs) And that's what it was. There were so many times where I was like, San Francisco, put this away. (laughs) And they didn't. So many fourth down calls. I was at my buddy's house just saying, should have went for it. Should have go for it. (laughs) You were texting me that. Exactly. Yeah, notably, in uh, overtime, kicked a field goal from the nine-yard line. Did did Shanahan think that the overtime rules stated that if you kick a field goal in the opening possession, you win or something? Yeah, he, he was two rule changes behind. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I I wrote down in my notes, once again, I must scream, you don't kick field goals in overtime. <laughs> and then there was a story that came out that was – Apparently, some like 49ers players said in like post game interviews that they didn't know how the overtime rules worked. Like, they didn't realize that if they scored a touchdown, the Chiefs would still get a possession. Which, one, I was like, I don't know why you admit that because even if those were the rules, you still would have lost. Yeah. <laughs> there, like, there's those rules don't change the outcome of this game. Right. I also, the only, the only overtime rule I didn't know that I'm glad Tony Romo was around for, did not know that if the clock ran out in first overtime, they just were like, yeah, we're just going to second overtime. Yeah, what do you think they were going to do? In Tie. the game. I, <laughs> thought it was like, I thought it was like the fourth quarter. Like, if, if time runs out in the fourth quarter and you're on the three-yard line, down three points, they don't go, all right, we'll just play overtime. That's how I thought overtime worked. Right. It, it makes you wonder why they even have a clock. Yeah. In the playoffs for overtime. Yeah, just put them out there and give each team a possession. Yeah, Why is someone there a clock has to running? win? Weird. All right, Mike. The final seven possessions now. This is following the muffed punt that Kansas City recovers. Touchdown, touchdown, field goal, field goal, field goal, end of half, field goal, touchdown. Did it did the Super Bowl redeem itself? In the annals of Super Bowl since 2010, is this the worst Super Bowl? Did this beat out Super Bowl 50, which was Broncos, uh, Carolina? Did this beat out the famous Rams, Patriots, dog shit Super Bowl? It beat out both of them. Because all people are going to remember are those final seven drives. Yeah, there's this old story that you learn in uh, economics when they started researching behavioral economics that they found out back in the days colonoscopies they didn't sedate you for them you were just like awake and they didn't feel good and they found out that 
if you do the colonoscopy and then just fucking rip the camera out of them, mm-hmm. people are more likely to think of it as an unpleasant and painful experience than if instead you did the colonoscopy, pulled the camera almost all the way out, but just left the like sensor lens in for like an okay. additional 120 seconds, which is like a much smaller and less mm-hmm. uncomfortable thing. Mm-hmm. But because people's lasting memory was of something that was like a lot less painful than the other thing, people generally thought it was a better experience if you did it that way versus just ripping the band-aid off. Huh. I think that was the Super Bowl. You learned like, that in an economics class? Behavioral economics, brother. Oh, okay. <laughs> like with two minutes and forty two seconds left in this game, it was a ten six game. Or sorry, two minutes, 42 seconds left in the third quarter of this game. It was a 10-6 game. And then, like, the end of it, like, the offenses were moving, but it's not, like, phenomenal. It wasn't, it didn't, it's not like the last seven drives were the same as the last seven drives in Bill's Chiefs from the 13-second game. It went touchdown, touchdown, and then five straight field goals. Like, we just, we left the sensor camera in someone's rectum. Yeah. And we're all going to walk away being like, that was a pretty good Super Bowl. Yeah, I'll do that. That's an amazing uh, comparison or metaphor. Thank you. Not not what I expected to get today when we hit record. I got to be honest with you. It was uh, usually if someone's going to bring up assholes on this podcast, it's you. So I really had to step in on your territory. (laughs) Yeah, it was really a great Super Bowl for the conspiracy theorists that say the NFL's fixed. So that was that was something I was thinking during this. What moment in your head is the Super Bowl was fixed? Because I have one. Like the only one I could I could reasonably think of was in the 49ers' favor. Um, when Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift kissed, that was the point where everybody was like, "Oh, this definitely was fixed." Now <laughs> we know great. it. That was great because in the post game ceremony, there the little fucking like wire camera was just right over Travis Kelsey's head, following him around everywhere, and they kept cutting to him because they were like, "We don't care if we're walking watching Travis Kelsey walk through a crowd. We are not missing him kissing Taylor Swift. Yeah, that will be on national TV, or everyone in this room is fired." Earlier in the day, I got a Bleacher Report notification. Taylor Swift has made the Super Bowl. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> here's 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 my question on that. I get it. Like, Taylor Swift is good for coverage of the NFL. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people consuming NFL content right now that would not have been otherwise. Who do they think has the Bleacher Report app downloaded? Do you think that there was, like, <laughs> curious Swifties who were like, I like that Taylor Swift's dating Travis Kelsey. So what if I download the fourth most important sports app? And turn on push notifications. Yeah, it wasn't. They weren't really playing to their base with that notification. I don't think they were playing to anyone. I don't think anyone yeah. had that app downloaded that was interested in that. It's Bleacher Report. Ninety nine percent of people who have it downloaded are watching UFC or AEW. I uh, I deleted it after I got that notification. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. Let's um. Okay, so first off, I will say the only my my only moment I I think was like this is rigged was the defensive pass or the defensive holding on Juwan Jennings in overtime. Mm-hmm. We're on third and nine or third and thirteen. Brock Purdy throws incomplete and then Trent McDuffie gets flagged for defensive holding. Five yards, automatic first down. That was the only play this entire Super Bowl where I was like, that felt a little rigged. That felt like the NFL was like, we're not letting Mike Shan or Kyle Shanahan punt and the Chiefs just win this. Yeah, it didn't it felt very uh like, because it wasn't like an egregious holding. No. Yeah, it was. It was pretty ticky tacky. So I was also surprised about that. You know what this game really was, though, Adam? What's that? Fucking yak battle, my man. 
Mahomes, 303 passing yards, 183 were yak, roughly 55%. Brock Purdy, 255 total, 170. That's sweet, sweet yak, baby. Almost at now, 67%. How many of those yak yards were just Juwan Jennings? I mean, he was the only effective weapon. Like, is Steve Spagnuolo the defense, like the DC goat? Is he the greatest defensive coordinator of all time? That like Spags and uh, Wilkes, the defensive coordinator for the Forty ers in that first half, they were just in their fucking bag, man. I mean, Wilkes kind of fell apart because mm-hmm. here's here's an important question, Mike, that I feel like not enough people are asking. Why do you keep blitzing Patrick Mahomes? The crazy part was, this was according to like PFF's numbers, it showed that Mahomes only got blitzed on seven dropbacks, but I can tell you right now without even like going back and rewatching the game, all seven were at the wrong fucking time. (laughs) He got blitzed on seven dropbacks and all of them were third and medium. Yeah. It was just at terrible timing and the lack of like just trying to shut down Kelsey was very egregious. Like, what's the one thing Bill Belichick has always done great as a defensive coordinator? He's going to take away your best weapon and try to get your other guys to beat him. I mean, it's basically what Spagnola did, except the Niners have, like, three best weapons, but he took them out of the game. So when blitzed on the season, Patrick Mahomes had an 83.6 offensive grade. Yeah. And, uh, by the way, a 2.3% turnover-worthy play. On, on when he was blitzed. His A dot like drops off, sure, but still, mm-hmm. like I, I I I was like at a loss for words. Like that the third down that Mahomes converts to put them within field goal range to tie the game at the end. Mm-hmm. S- fucking Wilkes dialed up a blitz on that one. Yeah, he just it, it, that was like the last. The, I mean, off the top of my head, that's the last time I remember him blitzing. Why? Why are you blitzing Mahomes in like high leverage situations? Yeah, like Steve Tony, Tony Romo kept point, pointing out those fucking lines that if you keep inside those lines, he's fine. It's the only thing he said all goddamn game, and yet for some reason, they were just like, "Nah, we're gonna send seven people." Yeah, and if Wilkes collapsed, and honestly, that game, if. The last play before the field goal takes like is like two seconds shorter. The Chiefs have time to run another play, and that game might not even go to overtime. Yeah. So, and I, I wonder if like Wilkes starts to struggle, things start to fall apart, and he looks for he looks at Kyle Shanahan. He's like, "What do I do? It's a Super Bowl. How do I pull it together mentally?" And Kyle Shanahan was like, "I have no fucking clue." <laughs> I wrote down here. I said, "Does Shanahan have Super Bowl PTSD?" <laughs> Well, he must, right? I mean, twenty-eight to three. Then the Chiefs come back against him in the last Super Bowl he was in, and then mm-hmm. in this one, it's like, okay, well, Dre Greenlaw tore his Achilles just trying to like casually go onto the field, yeah. and Shanahan was like up in a battle where Mahomes couldn't move the ball, and then suddenly everything just collapsed out from underneath him again. It's, it's even hard to blame him. I mean, like, you you can do the whole, like, Shanahan's too conservative as a, as a, a play caller in those fourth down situations. And even he went for it on fourth and three at one point and converted. 
and people were killing him for that. They were like, you shouldn't have done that there. But you should, like, go for it on fourth down way more often than coaches do. And just quickly, you know, eye test here. Um, Shanahan had two different field goals, at least, that were in fourth and short position, and he probably could have converted. Mm-hmm. And instead, he kicks the field goal. And then, you know, the the biggest thing there, and it's it, the, you can't even really blame him for this one, but how much do you think whoever was supposed to block that guy who blocked the extra point is kicking himself today? Oh, yeah. That was brutal. Because, I mean, that's just a totally different scenario if Mahomes is in that final, final drive and has to go down and score. Uh, that was... Um, so just real quick, I had a, you know, shout out Travis Kelsey, two things at once. I had two bad beats last night. Okay. So going into the game, I alt spread the Niners to get plus money. I had to alt spread them up to, by this time, that close to the game, the odds had shifted some. So I had to alt spread them up to minus three and a half. And if that guy blocks that dude, the Niners are up four and just need to stop the Chiefs from getting in the end zone. I win. And then the other bet I had was, in, at halftime, before they started the second half, I was like, All right, like let's have some fun here. And I alt-spread the Chiefs minus six and a half. And obviously, in overtime, in the playoffs, you don't kick the extra point. <laughs> so, they won by six, not seven. You deserve that. I deserve that. For jumping ship over to Chiefs minus six and a half when you talked shit about the Chiefs incessantly for weeks. Yeah. You deserve that for jumping ship. You abandon your boy. But, like, once again, it was Mahomes. It's like the classic thing to be like, Mahomes is down at half. All right, let's go ahead and put some money on it. You would have made money if you had just bet the money line instead of minus six and a half. (laughs) That's not fun, though. You got to get spicy with these bets. All right, Mike, you want to talk storylines or you want to talk the most important plays by win percentage? Uh, we'll say storylines for the end. Okay. So, I have four plays here. And these are the most important plays by win percentage swing. Do you think you can guess any of these four plays? Was one the block extra point? <laughs> no, blocked extra point did not affect the win percentage. It definitely affected the win, but in win percentage, I was like, it's one point. That won't matter. I mean, I can't remember specifically, but it had to be some of the times Shanahan passed on going on four, right? No, you're thinking incorrectly. Think positive plays instead of negative ones. Well, there's some negative. There's two negative, okay. two positive. But think some positive plays here. The Mahomes interception. No. No. The Pacheco fumble? Pacheco fumble, plus 13.5 towards San Francisco. Okay. That's I'm actually gonna... the sh- that's that's the smallest swing on this list. Okay. And then the other one... There are three. I honestly have no clue, but I feel like I'm going to be surprised by some of them. Uh, so the next one at 19% towards Kansas City was the muffed punt. Oh, obviously, yeah. Yeah, which just, I mean, wild. Like, watching that on the broadcast, when he starts moving to pick up the ball after, like, calling it out, <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? And then in uh-huh. slow motion, obviously, it, it dinks off someone's ankle. But at the time, I was like, you fool. 
I did the same thing. I was I was like, McLeod, what are you doing? Why would you pick that up? And they showed the replay. I was like, wow, nice awareness on Ray Ray McLeod. I was also, I was texting in uh, a group chat. I, I knew I turned into an old man because now whenever someone fumbles a ball out loud, looking at my TV, I go, ball's out. I do it every time. <laughs> what is the point? Why is that? What, like, what age does that start setting in? I didn't do that when I was 17. I feel like I've always done it. Like, I think I picked it up from watching, maybe watching football with my dad or something, but I've always screamed balls out. It's such an old man response. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, no shit, the ball's out. The 22 guys on the field already <laughs> noticed. <laughs> They're all in a gigantic scrum on the ground trying to get it. I think they know the ball's out. And if you're sitting there watching it with someone and they say ball's out before you, do you feel like you've lost some kind of contest? Yeah, I just I just turn and stare daggers at them. <laughs> you weren't the first person to yell that the, there was a fumble. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was like Jamie Taco stealing my lines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking jabroni. Um, yeah. Number two, 28-point swing towards Kansas City. Mahomes' 19-yard scramble in overtime, Mm. which he had two scrambles on that drive, which is weird. I lost $25, by the way, on just like a couch bet that I made Mm -hmm. because on that fourth down conversion they had on fourth and one, my dad said, oh, it's going to be a Mahomes design run. And I was like, they don't design Mahomes runs. He's like, I'll bet you 25 bucks this is a Mahomes designed run. I'm like, I'll take that. Mahomes never runs designed runs. It was a fucking designed run for Mahomes. Pop so hard for designed QB runs. <laughs> especially especially in situations like that. Um, but I will admit that they came out uh, and lined up for that play. And I was like, why are they in shotgun? You have a big yeah. body of Mahomes. Just push him across the line. What are they doing? They don't. Then, they refuse to do the tush push with Mahomes because he got injured on a QB sneak. Oh, okay. And then after he broke off that run... Like I was watching it with a few other people, and I went, "All right, I'll shut up." That was that was some RG three shit on that one. Mm-hmm. The quick option to the outside, yeah. Man, that that brought me back to my my early Mike Shanahan Commanders era, watching football mm-hmm. with RG three running like a fast option route to the outside with Alfred Morris trailing him. You think Kyle was like, "Hey, that kind of looks like RG 3 <laughs> He's like, "Whoa, that looks like RG three, except with two knees." Yeah. <laughs> And the number one play-by-win percentage, Mike. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this. I'll give you one more hint. See if you can get this. Okay. This was plus 32% for Kansas City. And it resulted in Kansas City's win percentage being 100%. Was it the play right before the touchdown? No, it was the touchdown. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't think that would be on there. It's the McCole Hardman touchdown <laughs> pass in overtime. Yeah. 32% he- to Kansas he- City. Speaking of that and Juwan Jennings, like a new a rule that should be in everybody's Super Bowl like betting guidelines that they, they live by is always if you're gonna bet anytime Tuddy, just always bet the depth receivers. Every year in the in the Super Bowl, weird people score touchdowns. Yeah. I will say that I, I won I do a contest every year where we have to pick first touchdown score and you mm-hmm. you have like a certain amount of money that you're allowed to bet and you have to pick at least one per game. Yeah. And I won it this year on the McCaffrey touchdown. So speaking of that, that was another bad beat because I bet Jawan Jennings first touchdown score. <laughs> and then he fucking threw the ball. In a way, you were correct. I know. Yeah, so should we just talk about it? How Jawan Jennings got ripped off for Super Bowl MVP? Let me, let me ask you this. Rank your top three Super Bowl MVPs from this game. 
without factoring in who won the game. Without factoring in who won the game. Who were just okay. the most valuable players? I would say Jawan Jennings, mm-hmm. Trent McDuffie, <laughs> and Jake Moody. <laughs> Jake Moody should have won it, even though the Chiefs won. Thank you for missing that extra point. Most valuable player. Um, yeah. Kickers were on fire in this game. Yeah. It's like, for me, Stevie Spaggs, number one. That guy deserves mm-hmm. the MVP. Number two, Jawan Jennings. Number three, Patrick Mahomes. So at least they got, like, one of my guys in the top three. But still, like, had they, they needed to rig that shit to give it to Stevie Spaggs. Yeah. The, do you know what the funny part was about this game? What's that? Neither of the teams run the ran the ball well. Yeah. That's what those two defenses showed up to stop, and that was my whole take going into this. Is like both yeah. these run defenses suck. CMC averaged three point six on twenty two carries, and then Pacheco averaged three point three on eighteen. Like neither team really got going on the ground. A lot of short passes with the big old yak coming. And still, it didn't feel like there was that much passing. I was say there's probably like a lot of passes that were so short that if you didn't, like if you looked down for a second and looked up, you'd be like, oh, that was probably a run play. Yeah, you wouldn't think it was a pass play. There was a point in like the the middle of the second quarter where they popped up a graphic and Mahomes had only thrown like six passes. Mm-hmm. But you're right; like it, he ends up with 333 yards. To which Jim Nance, you know, pointed out how important that was because the game took place at three 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 Al Davis Road. That's obviously fixed. Yeah. The story, the pieces are all there, people. You know who should have won MVP? Who's that? I got to go back and watch the play. But whoever got like the pivotal block to get McColl Hardman just wide open, <laughs> that's the Super Bowl oh, yeah. MVP. That was, uh, I th- they had like Justin Watson or something move in motion and mm-hmm. Charvarius Ward like turned to cover him. And then just McColl Hardman was standing there out in center field. It was like the, um, oh, who was that? The Tyler Croft. Or one of the tight ends on mm-hmm. Green Bay touchdown against Dallas. Yeah, when he's just standing in like half the field's empty. Yeah, I, I saw he was so open. I was like certain he ran. Well, depending on if you ask defenses, it's a pick play. If you ask offenses, it's a rub route. But I was like, that had to. No way people get that wide open. That had to be what they did. <laughs> nope. <laughs> just Charvarius Ward covered the wrong guy. Yep. Do you think the 49ers, similar to most NFL fans, forgot that McCall Hardman was still on the Chiefs? Probably. Yeah. I'm not even sure I was positive of it. <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you. And like, there are two touchdown scores, fucking MVS and McCall Hardman. Oh, quite that that makes sense. That tracks. Yeah, I wonder what? I wonder what kind of odds you could have gotten on a McCall Hardman MVS anytime touchdown score parlay. Yeah. Or like, because a lot, most, I know FanDuel does last touchdown score. McCall Hardman last touchdown score. Wild. All right, Mike. You want to you get into some storylines here? Yeah, sure. Real quick, just kind of talking about the game itself. I, I mean, Purdy had like a fine day. He wasn't like a game changer, but I don't think he really... I mean, he had some definitely some bad throws. But he did finally have one throw where I was like, oh, shit, Purdy, that was a nice throw. <laughs> and it was that one. I think it was that one, if I remember correctly, on the move where he hit check And put the ball in a really good spot. And I was like, all right, all right, all right, Brock. Okay. Yeah. The one where he like pivots out of the way of, I mm-hmm. think it was Chris Jones bearing down on him. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good. That was a good play. That was. It was the first time and probably the last time Purdy's really going to have wheels in the pocket. <laughs> yeah. 
Purdy came into this postseason saying, what if I prove to everyone that I can be a dual threat quarterback? And he left the postseason with all of us going, I'm not sure you're a single threat quarterback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, Mike, storylines? Storylines. First off, Chiefs win three Super Bowls in Mahomes' first six seasons as a starter and three of his of the last four Super Bowls. And they've only lost one. They're 3-1 and one in Super Bowls. Are we officially in a Chiefs dynasty? I mean, I guess. I don't, I don't like the word. I think the word dynasty gets thrown around way too much. So I don't I don't really like it. But this is like the Chiefs era of being the Death Star of the NFL. Yes. Unfortunately. I am happy, as much as I hate the Chiefs, everyone associated with them in the city by association as well. Um, happy for Andy Reid. Yeah. Especially after that harrowing Travis Kelsey collision. Yeah. Where Travis Kelsey said, I know I'm one of the most famous men on the planet. Watch me bully an old man. He said, you're embarrassing me in front of my girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, what the fuck, Kelsey? What was that, man? Come on. Like, oh, he's so passionate. You're screaming and shoving a 65-year-old fat guy. How about you cool it off a little there, Pfizer? Maybe if Kittle started shoving Shanahan, he would have had more than like two catches for 18 yards or some shit. Kittle's too busy counting his Little Caesars money, man. Yeah, waiting for that WWE contract to come in. Oh, man. I'd watch the fuck out of Kittle against Seth Rollins. <laughs> oh, wait. I gave him too much credit. Two receptions for four yards. <laughs> and on one of the, like, on his, uh, one of those receptions, he got injured. Yeah. Like, he had two receptions and somehow still hurt his shoulder. He wears the goofy helmet. I noticed that. What do you mean? It's that like the helmet that like on the top it's kind of like like protrudes out some. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, he wears the goofy helmet. I always think of Aaron Rodgers' helmet as the goofy helmet because he wears like the old school one that just has like the one bar. Yeah. Like, never, what are you, leatherheads? It, it, what are we doing? Never, here? Bart fucking star. <laughs> it never looks like it's far enough down on his head. No, it's like because the one bar is like across his nose. <laughs> yeah. It's like all right, so I could just destroy your teeth and you're fine with that. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Chiefs regret losing that Tampa Bay Super Bowl? I mean, obviously, because they lost the Super Bowl. But now, like, Mahomes can never be like, I beat Brady. I'm the GOAT. Yeah, I mean, how much regret do you have when you win three Super Bowls in six years? But probably. I'm sure that's something that Mahomes would like to have on his resume. But he doesn't because he's not as good. Okay, let me – so here's something I do want to get into. With the whole, like, Mahomes-GOAT conversation, like, I get it. Like, he, he he's got to do a lot more winning before we start talking about that. Mahomes is a better person in the quarterback position than Brady, right? Like, we can accept that. Like, Mahomes plays quarterback better than Brady because he's more athletic, he has a stronger arm, he can run, all things Brady couldn't do. Like, when Brady takes off and run, it looks a lot like a baby giraffe being born, but in slow motion. I Yeah, Mahomes is the superior athlete. So I guess we're getting into, like, a LeBron-Jordan conversation. Or it's like, look at Jordan's resume, and then people are like, LeBron is built like a Greek god. Do you really want to compare the two? <laughs> and I'm not I'm not trying to say Mahomes is the GOAT, right? Like, And it's so dumb to have that conversation right now, because Mahomes is 27 years old, 28 years old. Like, we got time to deal with that once he retires mm-hmm. in four years. But, like, as an actual quarterback, say you're taking 2007 Brady against 2024 Mahomes, 
Who are you picking first? 2007 Brady. I'm taking Mahomes, and you're a fucking liar, and you know it. No, nope, taking Brady. Better QB. You don't get Randy Moss in this deal. You understand that, right? You just get Brady. Tom Brady racked up yardage with Julian Edelman and Danny Amendola. So, yeah, okay. I feel fine. But isn't Julian Edelman probably better than any of the wide receivers on the Chiefs this year? Not if Mahomes is throwing the ball. <laughs> so jaded. Um, all right, so the other side of this. Shanahan's now lost two Super Bowls as a head coach, one as a coordinator, and a conference championship. Now, the conference championship mm-hmm. is because his superstar, all-pro caliber quarterback, Brock Purdy, hurt his elbow during the game. So that one's a little more excusable, but two Super Bowls as a head coach and one as a coordinator. Where does he go from here? He's also, Ben Solak has brought this up in the past, he's on his extra life era. Like, there is not a lot of coaches who can claim they traded up to draft a quarterback in the top three, he busted, and you're still employed in that job. That is a rare thing to have. But Shanahan did that. He survived it. And some of that's that you get Mr. Irrelevant, who for some reason is playing better football than Jimmy Garoppolo, your previous starting quarterback. Mm -hmm. But he still is the rare breed of coach who has managed to survive a top three pick at QB busting. Yeah, I got pretty lucky they fell into it. I saw someone on Twitter... One of the NFL dudes, I can see his face right now, who reports on the. Uh, I think it was. I think Ian Rappaport may have tweeted it, and it was like, the Niners did this. They made this trade, and they made that trade, which had the the seventh round pick that they used to pick Brock Purdy. And I was like, no, don't do that. Don't act like <laughs> it was John Lynch's plan all along. <laughs> yeah, this is such. He fell into a lot of luck and a phenomenal team built around him. Like, don't sit here and act like. Yeah, like they saw something. They didn't. They drafted Brock Purdy and probably didn't think he would make it out of training camp on their starting roster. Yeah. yeah. So what's what's next for Shanahan though? Can they get back here with this roster? Do they have other options at quarterback, or is Purdy the guy? Like this, this is a guy who revolutionized offense in the league. Like how many teams are either expressly or to some level running the Shanahan offense? And this guy doesn't have a Super Bowl ring? Purdy's the guy there until his play dips to the point where it's, like, obviously hurting the team, like, blatantly. Like, it's hard to do when you have Christian McCaffrey carry the entire <laughs> workload for you. Right. I mean, it was like the Jimmy G thing. I feel like it got to a point where it became clear Jimmy G is holding you back. So they had to move on. And they moved on to Brock Purdy, who <laughs> yeah. might be holding you back. It's it's possible. Yeah. But what, like, right now, if you had to guess, does Kyle Shanahan get a Super Bowl ring as a head coach in his career? He's so young. You feel like it has to happen at some point. He's, he's in his mid-40s, and he's played, or he's coached in two Super Bowls in his time in San Francisco already. Mm-hmm. And his like it's not like he's running the Shanahan offense from 2016, right? Like he's he's running the Shanahan offense from 2024. He's evolved, he's changed, and he has, you know, he's still got some good tread on on the tires in the offense because CMC's obviously not done yet. George Kittle uh, has not yet signed his contract to go join ROH. Mm-hmm. Debo and Ayuk are both playing well. Trent Williams probably has a year or two left in the tank, and despite Dre Greenlaw's uh, injury. That defense is relatively healthy going into next season. Like, there's the only guy who's probably going to miss it is Greenlaw. 
from the start of the season. So mm-hmm. there's there's a lot left. And it really doesn't feel like the NFC has a, a team better than San Francisco right now, right? Yeah, I don't think there's a team that... I mean, obviously the offseason's coming up and it can change, but it's kind of a mess in Philly right now. If Like, you know, if you see Detroit boost their roster on defense, like that could be the team. Dallas, I never know what to think. So that I'm not even touching that situation. <laughs> but no, I don't think there's a lot of other teams that would be up there contending with them as long as they come back and are playing at the same level. But like you said, like their defense, in my head, I want to think they're older than they are, but they still have a lot of pieces that are going to be in their prime come next year. Yeah. 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 I, I, I have hope. I, I would like to see Shanahan get a ring at some point. Because, like I said, he's revolutionized the offensive game in the league. Yeah. And McVay has one. That pretty boy. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I got a text in a group chat today asking if I could have any coach in the NFL right now as my team's head coach, who would it be? And I, I was just like, my, my head was short-circuiting when I was thinking of former commanders, offensive coordinators <laughs> that I would pick. So you like, didn't. Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay. Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay. You didn't say Dan Quinn. Uh, no, actually, Dan Quinn was number 33 on my list. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mike. Those are the two major storylines coming out of here. Obviously, Mahomes won Super Bowl MVP. Any any other major notes on uh, on the game that I missed here that you think are important? What's the, like, any fallout from this game that you think is, is relevant? Both Kelsey and Reed are supposedly coming back next year. Yeah. So I can't wait... Like we're we're in like a weird late era career era of Travis Kelsey. We're next season. There's like a full chance that he just runs five yards and stands still. One thing that I didn't realize until I heard it mentioned on another podcast was that Andy Reid is fourth all time and and wins. He's so forty four behind Belichick. Forty four behind Belichick and sixty behind George Halas. He's seventy behind uh Don Shula. So I don't think that's reachable, but it'll be interesting to see like how far he can get up that list. Let's see. 70 wins. Assuming Mahomes plays, right? Mm-hmm. Seven seasons, you think? Six seasons, maybe? I mean, seven seasons if they only win 10 games. So probably more like six if you think they can get you 12 know, games. Like that, yeah, in that, that 12 range. Andy Reid is, I think he's 66 or something let's see here 65 yeah and he he lives a pretty healthy lifestyle so i can see i can see him continuing to function at a high level yeah and you got patrick Mahomes. so just gonna completely ignore my comment there his healthy lifestyle you don't know he could just be genetically a big person but he's taking care of his heart and his health don't you fat know, shame don't come up here and fat shame people <laughs> listen i'm just saying Andy Reid probably is not going to be coaching into his 80s. I did see that commercial where he fucking housed a burger and fries and then was trying to steal Mahomes' chicken nuggies. So, <laughs> Before the Super Bowl, someone asked him what he's going to eat if he wins, and he said cheeseburgers. <laughs> Multiple burgers. See, in my head, they were filming that commercial, and every take, he ate a whole cheeseburger and fries. Instead of using the spit bucket, yeah. he's, just, he's just eating cheeseburger and fries. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it, like if you if you think six seasons, right? That would put Mahomes in the thirty-four year old range. Mm-hmm. That's doable. Yeah, you, like as long as Mahomes doesn't get a major injury. Andy Reid, you know, by the he time he's seventy, passing passing the Shula record. 
I think the thing that could end that is like they win another Super Bowl in the next two or three years. I think he'd be like, I, I got four. I'm good. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Reed has the same veneration for NFL history that Belichick does. Yeah, maybe he's not as egotistical. Whoa. Egotistical. Come on. Belichick earned that ego. You see those guns when he cuts off those sleeves? Woo! Oh, he's looking see. he's looking like Mac in one of the more recent seasons of It's Always Sunny, brother. All, all I, I see when I look the duster up. and use it. Can we use this as part of the plan? All I see when I look at Belichick is that mole stands out. <laughs> you see his son got hired as a defensive coordinator somewhere? Uh, yeah, he's in the college ranks. Yeah, no. was it? Was it? Where was it? Was it UW? No. I'm trying to remember them. Maryland? Belichick. West Virginia? Steven Belichick. That's with a PH, not a V. Is... Yeah, University of Washington. I apologize. I'm very Look sorry. That. Mm-hmm. Look at that. And you claim to be the Michael Penix fan of this chat. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone. I don't give a fuck about the Huskies anymore. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> All right, Mike. Any any more Super Bowl thoughts? Super Bowl fallout? Any any plays we didn't highlight that you want to point out here? Um, no, not really. Chiefs got another one. Whoop de fucking do. All right, let's uh, let's talk about our props that we made going into this game. Okay. So you and I each made a whole boatload of props on this podcast last week, and I added up the score. Mike, who do you think won between the two of us? If I won, that's pretty sad. What's your, I'm, I'm looking for an official guess there, Mike. I'm going to say I won. You won. Now let me <laughs> ask you this, Mike. How much money do you think you earned? Like, what, 20 bucks? <laughs> Negative nine hundred ninety three dollars. Oh, I thought you meant just on the bets I I hit. <laughs> so the bets you hit are Brock Purdy over ten and a half uh, yards on his first completion. Oh, let's go. George Karloftis to record a sack. Butker over seven and a half total points. I won Forty Niners under twenty four and a half and Patty Mahomes to win MVP. Between the two of us, we lost 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 of our props. Your total at the end, minus $993.68. Mine, minus $3,680.33. Damn, I did so much better than you. I'm in so much less debt right now. You did so <laughs> much better than me. <laughs> I even crushed it. I, and I even hit the longer bet between the two of us. Because I Mahomes. hit the Mahomes MVP, which was plus 150. Yeah. And you still fucking housed me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mike. That's it. That's the 2023-2024 NFL season. All wrapped up. It was fraudulent. You know, obviously fixed. Stage. Sad. When you think back on the season, mm-hmm. what do you think will be the first thing that you mentioned about it? That year that Baltimore inexplicably somehow lost to the Chiefs in the <laughs> conference finals. I think I'll think of it as the year Belichick got fired. Oh, yeah. That's another good thing to think about. And somehow, Belichick, Vrabel, and uh, what's-his-face in Seattle, all three of them didn't end up with a job. But Dan Quinn did. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Mike. Since we have now put the 2023-2024 NFL season in the books to never be spoken of again. R.I.P. We have 
two picks to make for next season. Mm-hmm. First off, we have the outright betting odds for Super Bowl champion next year. Your front runner, San Francisco 49ers at plus 500, Chiefs at plus 650, which here's the thing about the Chiefs, right? Their offense cannot possibly get worse. <laughs> so it might be worth betting the Chiefs. Maybe. It can only go up from here. Like if they sign fucking T. Higgins, right? He's instantly the best wide receiver on that team since Ty- Tyreek Hill left. Yeah, that is like one of my biggest predictions in the offseason. Like it's just happening in my mind. T. Higgins to the to the Chiefs. Do they have another significant free agent in Cincinnati? Because I feel like this is the thing where we're all going to talk ourselves into like, oh, the T. Higgins sweepstakes, and they're just going to franchise tag him. Maybe I'd have, I'm sure over the in the coming weeks we're going to be looking a lot more into free agents. Yeah, but you have San Francisco plus five hundred, Kansas City plus six fifty, Baltimore plus nine hundred, which feels low. Detroit plus twelve hundred, Buffalo plus twelve hundred, Dallas plus fifteen hundred, Cincinnati plus fifteen hundred, Philly plus seventeen hundred, Miami plus two thousand, Texans plus twenty five hundred, Packers plus twenty five hundred, and the Rams, Chargers, Jets, Jaguars all tied at plus three thousand. That feels like your contenders. I don't think that there's anyone I didn't mention there who I would put in the conversation for potentially winning the Super Bowl. Is it just me or every year does the team that lose the Super Bowl come out as the favorites for next year? That would be my guess. I'm not weird. Exactly sure if that's how it typically works. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that feels that feels correct. You think Baltimore is plus nine hundred in part of the Mike McDonald departure? Ooh, that's a good call. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, their defense was so good, and Mike McDonald is the new Brandon Staley in terms of being young and good at calling defense, not yeah. in terms of having confusing fourth down play calling. We don't know that yet. We'll find that out a few games into the season. Who do you like, Mike? Um, so I put two names down, because obviously I'm going to say the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> yeah, plus 1,200. <laughs> plus 1,200. But I think the favorite betting why I still think it should be Baltimore, my personal opinion. Yeah, yeah. Baltimore seems like the go-to there, right? Mm-hmm. Baltimore... Like, sneaky, like, dark horse, you want to go long odds. Texans and Green Bay at 25-1 to 1 each. Oh. You know who I had down? Who? As, like, one of one of the teams I like based on their value? Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, 15-1. to 1. Yeah. Yeah, Cincinnati Bengals are good. They're presumably getting Joe Burrow back, but they're losing T. Higgins, so. Just draft somebody. <laughs> yeah. There's 9,000. There's 9,000. Um wide receivers never draft now that turn out to be productive NFL players. Who do you like the least? And we'll say the top nine here, 49ers, Chiefs, Ravens, Lions, Bills, Cowboys, Bengals, Eagles, Dolphins. Oh boy. Either the Dolphins or the Eagles. Yeah. They're definitely my least favorite too. Cause I just can't, both those teams kind of feel like a mess and you never know what to expect from them. Philly really fell apart at the end of the year. So I don't like, we could be walking into the last season of Sirianni, depending on how it goes. It's kind of funny because those are also the two teams that had the only two wide receivers that put up any kind of case for MVP. Oh yeah. But yeah, I I, like there seems to be no proof that Miami can play in the cold, right? No, there's no proof they can play against good teams. Unfortunately. They yeah. got that one win against Dallas, and even that felt that felt more about that told us more about Dallas than it did about Miami. I kind of hope Miami puts up like seventy one points on a team next year, and then loses <laughs> in the wild card round. Got it too cold. 
What Otua can't handle the cold. Uh, the vape god himself, man. He can't handle the cold. That guy's only ever been in San Francisco, Atlanta, and Miami. Get that's it. Let's make Mike McDaniel's coach above the Mason Dixon line. I bet he's below five hundred above the Mason Dixon line. You put him in fucking New England, that guy's going three and fourteen every year. Every game where it's really cold, Mike McDaniel's looks like the kid from a Christmas story. <laughs> like bundled up and can't put his arms down. <laughs> Oh, fudge. <laughs> I like how we waited to make a Christmas story reference until uh, the middle of February. Didn't bring it up in December at all. <laughs> I think my official pick, yeah, Ravens plus 900. It just, it just a completely inexplicable loss to the Chiefs in the playoffs for who was probably the best team in the NFL this season. Yeah, I and like the Next next year, they're going to have Mark Andrews healthy for the whole season, I'm sure. <laughs> Seriously, that, it, am I am I wrong that Isaiah Likely is just a better tight end than him now? Yeah, because he's healthy. <laughs> and giant. Yeah. A big he's part just... of being a good football player is being healthy enough to play football. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hot take, Mike. Oh, yeah. Real hot take. All right, Mike. I just just for posterity's sake, the uh, the last team in terms of Super Bowl odds, two hundred fifty to one, the Carolina <laughs> Panthers. Mike, is Bryce Young the biggest draft bust since Josh Rosen? No. Sam Darnold. It's been one season. Everybody needs to relax. Calm down. Wait till next year. There are teams above him that either do not have a viable quarterback, are preparing to trade their quarterback, or we are trying to guess who they're picking at number two in the draft. Like, after the Chase Young and Montez Sweat trades, does it really feel like the Panthers roster is that much worse than the Commanders? I think so. The Panthers roster is terrible. They still got Brian Burns. Mm -hmm. They still got... Who's their best wide receiver? <laughs> Adam Thielen, DJ Chark. Is there putting money on there? Tommy Tremble. All right. <laughs> Went to a hell of a college. They got a pretty good cornerback whose name is evading my mind right now. Where t- Tommy Tremble go to Notre Dame? Yeah. Uh. Pittsburgh's ahead of them, Mike. Denver's ahead of them. A team that has Whoa. a quarterback so outrageously expensive that they are going to have to trade him and give up picks to trade him away. And their backup plan is Jared Stidham. Oh. Okay, first of all, if the Steelers had a good quarterback, they're a much better team. But they don't. Exactly. So So I'm just saying them being ahead of them isn't that bad. They're a much more well-constructed team than the Panthers. But are you saying that if the Panthers had a better quarterback, they would also be higher in the odds? No, if the Panthers had better players at the other uh, 21 positions (laughs) that come onto the field during a game. And what is your defense there for the Titans and Patriots being ahead of the Panthers. Patriots, I really can't think of anything. Patriots are just going to have to chew on whatever scraps are left for them at three. And their best pass catcher... Juju? Well, once again, one of the most important things for NFL players is being healthy enough to play football. Hmm. And isn't like isn't some part of Juju like literally gonna explode at some time? Is it like his knee or something? 
they're like, yeah, it's a ticking time bomb. I have no idea. I haven't heard that. Hey, you know what's funny, though? What's up? Uh, Former NFL head coach of the year, Brian Dabble and his New York Giants are next to last. (laughs) Yeah. Tied. Come on. (laughs) Stop. Stop your slander. Uh, You know what? I'm going to start the bring day ball back to Buffalo train. Fuck, I'll come on. Come on home, bud. So according to the depth chart, you're more of a Devontae Parker or a Tyquan Thornton guy there, Mike? Oh, you're talking draft bust. Devontae Parker is up there. <laughs> Devontae Parker, all-time great Miami wide receiver? He went to Louisville. Oh, you're talking about NFL. I thought you meant his college. How about their running back room, which is currently Ezekiel Elliott, Kevin Harris, Michael Hasty, and Keyshawn Vaughn? Really? Um, R- Ramondre is a free agent, buddy. Ooh. <laughs> you really uh big fan of of that offensive roster over the page or over the Panthers? How about Bailey Zappi starting ahead of Mac Jones? <laughs> you made your point, okay? But you just wait, you're gonna be eating so much crow. You're gonna be full of crow teen by the time next season ends. Uh why? Are the Panthers going to win six games next year? Is that really going to put me yeah. in my place? Yeah, you just wait. You just wait. Hey, is Kirk Cousins the early favorite for comeback player of the year? Oh, oh fucking no. Rodgers. Oh, yeah. There you go. Fuck. Did, is, is any chance DeMar Hamlin can die at some point again during the <laughs> offseason? He got robbed this year, man. <laughs> yeah, we'll mention that. Um, The other pick I want to make here. The 2024-2025 NFL MVP odds are out, Mike. Mm. Your front runner. Your favorite player, Mike, Patrick Mahomes, plus Fuck. 650. <laughs> Number two, Josh Allen, plus 800. Number three, Joe Burrow, plus 1,000. So, Joe Burrow, probably the most likely there, right? No, but he also would be up there and come, come back, back player of the year. <laughs> CJ Stroud, 11 to 1. Lamar Jackson to repeat, 12 to 1. Justin Herbert, 13 to 1. Jordan Love, 14 to 1. Don't know why they won't tie anyone here they're not saying like oh these these guys were grouping into the 14 to 1 category everyone's like just teared up oh here we go Dak Prescott Brock Purdy Jalen Hurts all tied at 16 to 1 that's undervaluing Dak Prescott Mm -hmm. Stafford plus 2,000 Tua plus 2,500 Trevor Lawrence Aaron Rodgers tied plus 2,500 Anthony Richardson at plus 3,000 yeah I'm still like he played great down the stretch there but Jordan Love being as high as he is is a little a little surprising yeah for what about CJ Stratt at plus 1,100 uh, I mean, dude, Stroud crowd. <laughs> Can't just say that and pretend it's an argument. I like <laughs> Anthony. I like Anthony Richardson being a, ahead of Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, Justin Field, Kyler Murray. <laughs> That's pretty wild. What What are Kyler Murray's odds? Uh, fifty to one. Oh, a little sp- sprinkle a dollar on that. Yeah, sprinkle, sprinkle some money on that one, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, apparently, Jonathan Gannon's like a pretty decent football coach. Mm-hmm. You get Kyler Murray a weapon. Whoo! Cooking with gas, brother. Get a Marvin Harrison Jr. Get him some MHJ in the building. Let's go, Ferda. Ferda. Uh, who do you like there? Dumb question, Josh Allen. Who do you like second most there? Um, who was behind Josh? Joe Burrow, CJ Stroud, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert. Ugh. Jordan Love, Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy. Justin Herbert, a little frisky. I, Justin Herbert thirteen to one, Jordan Love at fourteen to one. Yeah, talk some some mid tier options there. I mean, at some point, one of these young guys between Stroud and Love is definitely going to vault into the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, Stroud had that hype like early middle of the season too. 
What about Dak at sixteen to one? Dak was was the MVP for a few yeah. weeks. I'm done. Back off the train. Great quarterback. He improved like, my QB rankings. He definitely moved up this year, but I I wouldn't bet him for MVP. One for one trade. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott for Brock Purdy and a quarter rights to the next Super Bowl trophy that the 49ers win for Jerry Jones. Who says no? <laughs> a quarter of the trophy. So that yeah, he goes, goes, that he goes gets to rights Dallas. to one quarter of the... No, it just goes to Jerry Jones. does not go to Dallas. It only goes to Jerry oh. Jones. Do they have to actually like spread the like break the Lombardi in pieces to do this? Yeah, yeah. Oh. He, he they they're gonna shave off a quarter of the trophy and send it to Jerry Jones. I think Jones might say yes. He might do it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can see him having that that piece of the Lombardi like in some sort of big display case. Very I was thinking he would wear it in a chain around his neck. Yeah, but really, since it's Dak Prescott was the only player going to San Francisco, I feel like he should only get what like one eleventh. One twenty back. One twenty second. That's true. That's true. So, what do you think here? Like, like, get. Let's get your official pick down. Your non-Josh Allen pick down. Okay. Let's say Justin Herbert. Let's have some. Justin fun Herbert, thirteen to one. Yeah. I also like Josh Allen because at some point he's going to win the fucking award, right? Like it's mm-hmm. just, it's got to happen at some point. It, the The only Josh Allen problem that exists is that he plays in the AFC. Right. If Josh Allen was an NFC quarterback, he would have been to the Super Bowl a couple times at this point and be the best quarterback in the NFC. Uh, definitely don't like Lamar Jackson at 12-1. to 1. I wish I could short those odds because mm-hmm. no one wins the MVP in back-to-back years. It's like the Aaron Rodgers that one time and that's it. Yeah. Um, I like I like Jordan Love, 14-1. to 1. I like CJ Stroud, 11-1. to 1. But Mike, going uh, going off the grid here a little bit. Okay. Matt Stafford, 20 to 1. No MVPs. Ooh. Rams really take off. You get another outstanding Puka season, a, an outstanding healthy cup season. Maybe Stafford throws for like 40 touchdowns, 5,000 yards. That's, uh, let me look at something real quick. 30, so he'll be 37 at the end of next season. All right. That, but Rodgers the- won a 37 year old MVP. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Would he be the oldest MVP of all time? But no, I guess Rodgers. Brady won a 37-year-old MVP. Mm, that's because he's better than Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> all right, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so, next up, as we are talking about awards, we got some awards to talk about. Yeah. While we're talking about awards, let's talk about awards, Mike. Mike, mm-hmm. you want to talk about awards while we talk about awards? Yeah, do you want to give some talent loan awards on how the awards went? Some awards on awards? I don't have any awards prepared for the talent loan awards. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, start off, top headline here. Lamar Jackson wears, wins a near-unanimous MVP. He has 49 first-place votes, zero second-place <laughs> votes, and one third-place vote. Who stopped him from getting the 50 first-place <laughs> votes? <laughs> what dickhead was like, you know what? Lamar Jackson isn't only not the MVP. He isn't even second place for MVP. <laughs> Fucking third place, Lamar Jackson. I was talking about Joshie's one first place vote. Yeah, who was that? I don't know, but at least there's one smart person out there. <laughs> did you have a Did you have an MVP vote, Mike? That we didn't that we didn't talk about here. I'm not talking, but you know what I think should be a rule if you want to vote for MVP. You have to release your ballot. Yeah. Why is that not a thing? 
Has to be. That should be public ballots. Like, we should be mm-hmm. able to assault whoever voted Josh Allen first place over Lamar How Jackson. How dare you say that? 49 other people picked Lamar Jackson. One guy picked a team that snuck in to the two seed. Snuck in? Snuck in. Snuck in? That is... Last, last week of the season, you went from being the six seed to the two seed. Yeah, because we got hot and we dominated for exactly how long? How long did that we, domination last? And, and we squeezed a fish. And we should be... I don't want to talk about you. You're, you're just upsetting me. You're just attacking me personally, <laughs> spiritually. <laughs> did they get this one right, Mike? Yeah. How do you feel about CMC being the top non-quarterback on the list? Once again, that's correct. Like, it makes sense. Speaking of CMC, your offensive player of the year, Mike. Christian McCaffrey, 39 first place votes. Two or eight second place votes and three third place votes. You know what's always weird about this award to me? What? How is Lamar Jackson MVP but not the Offensive Player of the Year? The only reason they do Offensive Player of the Year is so they can give an award to a skill position player. <laughs> yeah, right. Like we've all accepted that that is what that award is, right? But yeah. we should just invalid. We should invalidate any quarterback speed on that list from here on out, right? Yeah. It should be like the skill position player of the year or something. But we definitely shouldn't have quarterbacks on the ballot. Like, Lamar Jackson ends up in third, and Dak Prescott ends up in fourth on this. I, Lamar Jackson won MVP and got only got three first-place votes for Offensive Player of the Year. It looks dumb. It makes the whole human race look like a bitch. I think if I had a vote, every year I would just vote for one of the best tackles in the league. <laughs> and then you would release your ballot, right? I would. I would proudly. All right, Mike, is this the correct choice? Yeah, and thank God it wasn't Tyreek. Thank God it wasn't Tyreek. So. Fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike, your defensive player of the year goes to Miles Garrett. 23 first place votes, 13 second place votes, 11 third place votes. Followed him up TJ Watt, Micah Parsons, Max Crosby, and Deron Bland, which someone gave Deron Bland a first place vote, which is big interceptions aren't luck energy. Like, whoever yeah. gave Deron Bland that first place vote definitely would be like, no, interceptions aren't luck. They're skill. Pick sixes aren't luck. They're skill. He... You know what? I'm saying that out loud. My dad might have voted for Deron Bland for Defensive Player of the Year now that I'm saying that out loud. He also probably voted for uh, Trayvon Diggs, too, then. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Uh, does, this mean, does this mean that Benjamin St. Juice is going to lead the league in pick sixes next year? I don't think so. Uh, right, because Emmanuel Forbes is going to. I got gotcha, you. Yes, I got gotcha. you. Exactly. Exactly. Um, about goddamn time, Miles Garrett won Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, I when when I when these first came out, I went to look up the last time Miles Garrett had won Defensive Player of the Year, and it hadn't happened. And I I like my brain short circuited. It's like yeah. what, it, my, wait, it was it was like the people who think that Sinbad was in a movie called Shazam <laughs> that just never happened. Like that was me with Miles yeah. Garrett. I'm like, you're telling me that all these years Miles Garrett hasn't won Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, and you know, once again, a Watt tried to sneak in there and fucking steal it, but not 19 first place votes. For but he the, loves the tacos Watt. or taco mix or something. I don't give a shit. I hate that commercial. That commercial's yeah. so bad. Um, who do who do you think wins this next year? Like, is it final? Like, is are we just gonna give Micah Parsons a career achievement award for this next year? Yeah, he, he'll probably be like when odds come out. I bet you he'll be top. Like number one, you just said top. Like, you were going to say top three or something. Yeah, sorry. At the top of the list. You know what would be cool, though? 
little parlay on your Matt Stafford MVP, Aaron Donald defensive player of the year. <laughs> the old guy still got it season. Yeah. All right, Mike. Offensive rookie of the year, CJ Stroud wins by a mile. Uh, 48 first place votes, two second place votes, zero third place votes. Puka Nakua in second, two first place votes, 48 second place votes. Gee, I wonder what everyone's ballot looked like on this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sam Laporta gets 40 third place votes. Ooh. Mike, if you had a ballot, how many first place votes would you write in for Sam Laporta? <laughs> I'd uh, make multiple fake identities to get as many possible votes as I could. <laughs> no, I, as much as my gimmick all year was Laporta Offensive Rookie of the Year, I'm, I'm just hype he finished top three. And I mean, I think, you know, the Stroud crowd was the obvious choice. But if you came to me to make an argument for Puka, I would listen. It'd probably be a fair argument. It's just unfortunate he doesn't get the bump of playing the most important position. Yeah. How do you feel about Bijan Robinson getting three third place votes? That's ridiculous. Do you think those people have watched football since the draft? Yeah, Dalton Kincaid was more deserving of three first place votes than Bijan <laughs> yeah. Robinson. There's a lot of people that deserve more votes than Bijan Robinson. Look, yeah. I, I love Bijan. He was fun to watch. He's a, he's a very good player and he's going to be very good. Yeah. Uh, he was not the fourth best rookie this year. In fact, if he was on the Texans, he would have been the third best rookie on that team alone. Maybe Arthur Smith voted for him to try to say as like a way of saying sorry <laughs> for ruining your rookie year. All right, Mike. Defensive Rookie of the Year, Will Anderson Jr. wins it. Woo! There we go, buddy. 16 first place votes, 21 second place votes, 8 third place votes. Jalen Carter in second, Kobe Turner third, Devon Witherspoon fourth, Joey Porter Jr. fifth. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. with one first place vote. They got this one right, Mike. I'm not even asking you. Oh, I, I, I was I was hammering this in the second half of the year. I know, I know you're on the side with me. I'm saying I'm making the statement without confirming it with you. Okay. I was, I was hammering the second half of the year. Jalen Carter falls off. Will Anderson was great all season. Him and Jonathan Grenard are a scary pass rush duo in that AFC South. Mm -hmm. And Will Anderson came the fuck on, proved me wrong for saying that was a bad draft pick. Way to go, Will Anderson. Yeah, it's... So... There's a couple interesting things to compare. Will Anderson started, including the playoffs, he started 17 games compared to Carter, who started only week 18. Last game of the year where it didn't really matter. Um, a lot of like the, like the big difference between the two is that Will Anderson had a good rookie season applying pressure and on run defense compared to Jalen Carter, who literally 100% of his snaps on pass plays, he was rushing the back. <laughs> he was like rushing the back. Like that's basically all he did this season. So, I mean, I think Will Anderson, unfortunately Jalen Carter, much like the Eagles defense faded second half of the year. Do you think it hurt his case? How bad the entire defense played? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause you look at like the general defensive metrics, like Houston, their defense played better in the second half of the season than it did in the first half. Mm -hmm. The Eagles defense turned into like, NBA defense down the yeah. stretch. Like Chris Paul was scoring buckets at 37 against his Eagles defense. Yeah. And, I mean, Carter finished his 84 or uh, yeah, 84.6 pressure grade led the Eagles and in like true pass sets, which I had to look up exactly what that meant. That just means there's like no option. Um, he had a 25.3% win rate. <laughs> so like he was fucking dominant, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's there's an argument to me maybe for either guy, but 
those those two guys are going to be pretty pretty fucking good defensive line players. By the way, oh, yeah. big big betting edge on this for next season. Only pick defensive players drafted in the first round. Once again, your top five: Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, Kobe Turner, Devon Witherspoon, Joey Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. Only player not drafted in the top five there was Kobe Turner, or not drafted in the first round there was Kobe Turner. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike, comeback player of the year: Joe Flacco wins it, thirteen Ugh. first place votes. Demar Hamlin in second with 21 first place votes. Demar Hamlin, more first place votes, still lost it. Yeah, explain to me how a man can literally come back from the dead. His heart stopped. He came back from the dead, but he's not comeback player. You can't make a bigger comeback. Right. But so there's two there's two elements to the comeback player of the year, right? There's the comeback Mm -hmm. in which Demar Hamlin definitely won. He had the bigger comeback. The man's the undertaker. Mm Mm-hmm. And then there's the player in which Demar Hamlin. I'm not sure he does that anymore. Do you know if he's a professional NFL player anymore? He either he might be in witness protection. I don't think I've seen Demar Hamlin since they brought him back to life. He he got some snaps and special teams, and then he he had the cost, fake punt. He, yeah, he cost us the Denver Broncos game. <laughs> Baker Mayfield got ten first place votes, which really raises the question. What did Baker Mayfield come back from? Just being bad at football? Is that what Baker Mayfield yeah. came back from? Yeah, Joe Flacco came back from the unemployment line. Every week, he somehow won games despite throwing the ugliest interceptions. <laughs> I really, like, there's no correct answer here, right? Like, that's no. the important thing. Because we shit on Joe Flacco mercilessly. Mm-hmm. Because he would throw for 330 yards, two touchdowns, and two pick sixes. Every week. It was it's like the LeBron twenty six eight and eight stat line. Like you could just fucking pencil it in before it happened. Mm-hmm. So how exactly is he the comeback player? But then the other question is, how is DeMar Hamlin? DeMar Hamlin played three snaps a game and they were all punts. Yeah. So I understand DeMar not winning it, despite my, my, my joking aside, but I don't know, there had to be someone else better. Someone who actually excelled at their position to a notable level. I was talking about this last night, like in the middle of the third quarter, where I said they should just roll over the Super Bowl MVP to next season and give the winner two trophies. Yeah. Obviously, the game changed after I said that. And yeah. There was a different case to be made. They should just rolled rolled over comeback players to next season. Yeah. They they should have passed on it. Yeah. We'll review things next year because I don't think this was that exactly a good crop of candidates. Coach of the year, Kevin Stefanski, <laughs> narrowly, narrowly beats out D'Amico Ryan. They tied in points, but Stefanski had one more first place vote, so he wins it. Down the list from there, Dan Campbell, Kyle Shanahan, John Harbaugh. Uh, Kevin Stefanski is definitely, like, if you were to ask me blind, who is the worst coach of those five? I feel like it's Stefanski. He stole another one. I can't wait for them to go fucking seven and ten next year, six and eleven. And us once again go, ah, maybe he shouldn't have won off. Like... Maybe he shouldn't have won Coach of the Year. Like it's, yeah. it's D'Amico Ryan's. It's D'Amico Ryan's. You gave out the correct, and maybe Shane Steichen should have gotten some votes, mm-hmm. but you gave out the correct award to Cleveland already. Cleveland mm-hmm. de- deserved a defensive award. Yeah. The other two awards that Cleveland Browns won were not defendable. Right, or like the last award we're about to mention. That one makes sense. The Walter Payton Man of the Year? No. The assistant coach of the year. Yes, there you go. <laughs> Do you not want to talk about how Cam Hayward won the, the Walter May- Payton Man of the Year? Oh wait, that was last season. Who won it this year? Oh no, I was I pulled up all the winners and like the voting tallies, and then I literally scrolled past Walter Payton Man of the Year. <laughs> assistant coach of the year goes to Jim Schwartz. That's Jim Schwartz and Miles Garrett should have won that award. Yes, 
wh- how, how the Browns ended up with four awards, I will never know. They lost in the goddamn wild card, and they had four award winners on the team. Jim Schwartz is one of the best defensive coordinators. Like everywhere he's gone, he's just excelled. He, he dominated. He had 160 points to Mike McDonald's 94. I mean, there's cases to be made. McDonald, Ben Johnson, dude. Et no, no love for Stevie Spags on the list. Right. Anyway. Todd Munkin had 46 points. Bobby Slowick had 53 points. No mention of Stevie Spags, who might have been the best coordinator this year. Right, and that was the same thing last year. I swear this, the coach of the year, assistant, they're so, they don't factor in, like, continued success. Like, continued success doesn't count. I mean, yeah, Jim Schwartz, you could say, yeah, but. It's success versus expectation, mm-hmm. which is why D'Amico Ryan and Kevin Stefanski were at the top of the list, because neither one of those teams were expected to be contenders, and both of them were. Yeah. Well, contenders for a playoff win, I guess. I don't think anyone went, Browns might win the Super Bowl. Actually, Bill Simmons might have said Browns might win the Super Bowl now that I think about it. It would be interesting in a different universe where Stefanski doesn't have a terrible, or not Stefanski, the the Stink doesn't have a terrible play call. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they win that game against Houston if like it, like it changes and he's the second place guy instead of D'Amico. Yeah. Yeah, and we're all talking about how Anthony Richardson's back next year. Colts are winning the South. AFC South, is that the most fun division in football next year? I mean, Jacksonville sucks. They, ha- I mean, but you're talking Trevor Lawrence, who eventually mm. has to be good at football, right? I mean, we, yeah. we assume he has to be good at football eventually. Uh, CJ Stroud, Stroudcad, Anthony Richardson, and, uh, you know, whoever the, the other team in the AFC South is. We'll never know. Will Levis is chucking it. When I was looking at, like, differences between – yak yardage and um total yards yeah and like total yard actually like yards yards thrown through the air and yards after the catch he i think he, he was the one he beat out josh allen for like the biggest difference between the two <laughs> he's just out there fucking slinging it <laughs> it's also because he only completed like four passes a game so it's hard to get a lot of a lot of yak differential every, on that <laughs> every like pass play didn't matter what was called he just dropped back, ignore whatever their option was supposed to be number one, and chucked it deep to DeAndre. <laughs> All right, Mike. That that rounds out the last episode of the Town Alone podcast covering the 2023-2024 NFL season. It was a lot of fun. Um, got a quick game for you. Then we'll close out, make some plugs, talk about where the podcast is going. Mm-hmm. They have started to release draft odds for more players down the board than just the first overall pick. So... Here are the quarterbacks, or players in general, I should say, that you can bet what team they are going to go to. Bo Nix, Brock Bowers, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., Marvin Harrison Jr., and you can't bet Caleb Williams, but Caleb Williams is far and away the number one overall pick. Okay. So I'm going to pick one of these guys, and you have to guess where he's going and what the number one team odds are. So we're, we're going with a weird one this week. We're going with Brock Bowers, Mike. Brock Bowers. Interesting. So, I'll tell you this. The number one team for him is seen at uh, two and a half to one, or as they say, five to two. The number two team, plus 55, or plus 550. Number three team is six to one. I'm guessing the number one team on that list, correct? You want to guess the number one team, Mm -hmm. and then I also want you to guess actually where he goes. Okay. So it can be the same team. It can. Um, okay. 
I think Jim Harbaugh is too smart to take him at five. <laughs> I hope so. I'm going to say, God, there's so many bad teams up here who could make a poor decision. Like when you get to the Tennessee's, the Atlantis. It's kind of fun how many teams in the NFL are not run well right now. Like we bitch about this in basketball. Yeah. And there's too many smart teams in basketball now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun that the NFL has some real stinkers in there. Some real dumbass teams. Is number one on the odds the New York Jets? The New York Jets are number two, Mike. Ugh. At 11 to two. Is it the Chicago Bears at nine? Chicago Bears are 19 to one. Sitting hmm. way the hell back at eight. Way the hell down. Good. Good for Chicago. Way to be smart. Um, they just signed Cole Komet. You think they're going to draft Brock Bowers after signing Cole Komet? Oh, yeah. Cole, Cole, Cole Komet went to uh, tight end U, you know, out there. South Bend, baby. Um, we have so many fucking tight ends in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, One more New, guess, Mike. The New Orleans Saints. At New Orleans Saints are 11 to 1. Man. They are tied for fifth. You're about to break my. You're about to make me like blow a gasket when you tell me. It is the Los Angeles Chargers at 5 to 2, my plus God. 250 to draft Brock Bowers. No. <laughs> Why would you. Jim won't do that. Come on, Jim. Jimothy. Jim! This is a huge Jim. Titan could really change the future of the franchise, Jim. I did more like a Rick from Rick and Morty than I did uh, (laughs) (laughs) Tony Romo. All right, Mike, where does does Brock Bowers actually end up going? That's the sad thing. That's where I think he's going to end up actually going. If If not there. I think it'd be hilarious if all the problems the Giants have, they pass on an offensive lineman. Yeah. And they're like, oh, he can block too, you know. More than anything in this entire world, I hope he goes to the Falcons. It'd be so great. It'd be so great. Uh, my <laughs> actual guess is I think he goes to Indy. I mean, yeah. If he drops. I mean, there's like a lot of. You just get a big tight end and a big quarterback. Yeah. It just, if he gets past the Chargers, there's a chance for a, a big drop off for him compared to his like perceived traffic. How do you like him in Buffalo at 110 to 1? I'm going to pass. <laughs> That's tied for the worst odds. The bottom uh, six teams are all where's, tied at 110 to 1. I'll have to slide some, but where's Cincinnati? Cincinnati Cincinnati is fifth in the odds at 11 to 1. Okay. They're tied with the Saints. Yeah. Because that's I'm who like, way oh, earlier – sorry, I was going to say way earlier in the year when it looked like Cincy would be like a top 15 pick, I was like, oh, get, him, get some Brock Bowers. He would actually be like a good fit there and worth the pick. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike. That's the podcast. We're uh, we're going to be back on Thursday this week to cover the draft, cover some free agency, cover some offseason. And after that, we're dropping down to one a week, Mike. We're going to we're going to have a lot more free time on our hands. Mm-hmm. Um I, you know, we're, we're not quite in post-mortem move. We'll probably do that after the draft when we we take a, a hiatus, but this is a lot of fun, you know? Yeah. Starting to get starting to get a listening base going for the podcast. We're we're getting we're getting clicks every week. It's a, it's a lot of fun to do this podcast. I'm hoping that we can up upgrade some of the stuff next year. Maybe get some video going. Get us uh get us doing some live streams, some more stuff in the future. But test run year one town alone podcast. Giving it a thumbs up. Yeah, I had a, I think this was a very good season. I I had a, a lot of fun seeing how the podcast evolved from where it first started. Um, yeah, you, you always talk about how much you love the wheel, Mike. <laughs> and uh, if you are a listener, tell your friends, tell your parents, tell your third cousins. 
<laughs> to hop on the TAP bandwagon. Um, and yeah, that's a wrap. You want to get your plugs out there, Mike? Yeah. Um, so I got a new article coming out. Probably on Wednesday. Probably Sorry, on I Wednesday. Didn't, I, I didn't know you were waiting for me to answer. <laughs> yeah. New article coming out probably on Wednesday about how to help all the poor souls like me accept when your team season is lost. Um, you know, and down to two pods. So hopefully I have more time to hit the uh, the old typewriter, the old clickety-clackety typewriter. You guys think he's joking. I, I've seen him. He writes <laughs> on a typewriter and then just sends me pictures of it. I, I, I'm going to actually put it in the mail and send you it, and then you have to scan it into your computer. Um. <laughs> But yeah, so hopefully more stuff will be coming up. Follow me at Sound Alone Mike on X.com, probably known as Twitter and Threads and I guess Instagram, but I've never posted on there once. I only opened TikTok, it so I could open baby. a Threads and TikTok. Yeah, you can follow me at Town Alone Adam. We have the League Pass watchability rankings coming out on every Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, we'll be back here on Thursday to start covering the draft. Officially changed the name to the Town Alone Pro Podcast Worth of Draft. No. I'm seeing by Mike's reaction. He doesn't like that name. We'll just keep calling it Town Alone Podcast. Right. Come back here every Saturday for Basky. That's going all the way through the end of those seasons and through those drafts as well. And be sure to park it back on townalone.com where we always got content coming out to you. You can follow me on threads and Twitter at Town Alone Adam. You can follow us at Town Alone on TikTok. And, uh, hopefully now, as the season winds down, I'll have more time to, to get video content up. Maybe check out our YouTube channel. That'll probably start populating with stuff in the near future. With that, Mike, you got a final shout-out for the 2023-2024 NFL season. Why wasn't I prepared for this? We'll go with uh, Coach of the Year, Kevin Sick Dick Stefanski. It's going to go with, uh, with Big Gonads Goodell. <laughs> I like that one. 